This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hans Preddy, you write for um, Insider Magazine, is that right? So I'm the uh, parenting and health editor for Insider. Um, I don't do a lot of writing. I do mostly all of the behind the scenes to get mm. other people's stories ready for everyone to read. Wow. Can you tell me more about editing other women's, is it just women or is it men too? Their parenting stories, journeys for all to see and hear. It's women, men, non-binary, anyone mm. who has a really interesting story, I'm here for it. Um, and I've been working in the parenting um, world for quite a while now. Um, when I had my first kid four years ago, I felt like media wasn't telling real stories of parents. Like it was all still sort of like romanticized and like everyone's happy and you love it and I wasn't loving it and I, I had like a real struggle with that so I kind of pivoted my career into parenting journalism because I wanted more real stories and that's what I do at Insider I try to get like a diversity of voices a diversity of experiences I feel like still the world of parenting is of content right of like media is still targeting white straight moms and there are far more types of parents than just that right so that's what i try to do in my role of just finding really interesting and different stories to tell oh my gosh i'm so grateful for you i'm i'm trying to do the same as well this is our um this is our baby that's you know we're trying to offer different lenses of parenthood because I think there's this yeah there's this like predominant narrative that like first of all you're gonna love it which is fucking bullshit because it's this (laughs) it's like this deep intense immersive experience you can't love all of it that's impossible right 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 it's like unrealistic like there's gonna be highs and there's gonna be lows but I feel like as a new mom, I was only expecting the highs and no one warned me about the lows. And then when they hit me, I was just like, oh, maybe I wasn't meant for this. Or right, like, like something's wrong with you. Into? Right, because yeah, exactly. that's also what I think um, what culture would, would have us believe is that like if there's any emotion other than happiness, really at any time, it must be something's faulty with me, which is nonsense i mean we're not created to just be one note all the time that's not music that's just one banging sound over and over and over again you know we're this like glorious instrument right and i feel like that depiction you know while it's changing on social media but like for there's still a lot of like mom influencers who are that note just happiness and i think it's so damaging because like i said like Mm. we are a range of emotions beyond parenting like humans have all these like intrinsic emotions and then when it comes to motherhood or parenthood we're just expected to be happy and that's it but that's the only thing you can do and it's just like i said like unrealistic and i think damaging and i i i personally struggle a lot with it um i actually also wrote a um a pregnancy journal uh, mm. which is kind of um cheekier than most like pregnancy journals because I I felt like you said like there was no room for my emotions when I was pregnant beyond this is the best thing that's ever happened to me like oh I'm puking for the fifth time today but this is the best thing that ever happened to me like no 
it's so bizarre. Like I had this experience when I was pregnant where I was like, wow, this is like such a spiritual experience and also physically disgusting. It's so ew. But I would follow um do you ever follow like Australian moms who seem to like be like sun kissed and yes. always? And long, long why are they so peaceful and happy and like fucking gorgeous all the time? And I allowed myself to be brainwashed by their highlight reel, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it, it, it distanced me further and further from my own experience, which is, as we say, just more human than that i i do you ever have the experience where you're at a sort of you know um mom influencer or writer journalist um event and like you know you're having real conversations with women where you're like oh the puke is in my hair or whatever is happening like i i don't really want to hang out with my kid or whatever honest talk and you're like wow that's so strange i don't see that reflected in your work at all and i'm here for it i open arms like right do you have that experience yeah. ever i mean i i mean i haven't been to an event in so long <laughs> i had twins in march 2020 wow. and like i feel like i've been living under a rock since <laughs> yeah i mean for good reason you know our our um our executive producer who you met like just minutes ago is obsessed with the twin experience for whatever reason I I just find it really interesting that like you know four years ago you had a child and you were like what the fuck like this is this is like the the meaning of life I'm gonna you know pivot my whole career and life to really dig into and you know magnify the fact that like there's there's more than is you know advertise and then you have twins in a pandemic tell me uh yeah i feel like um someone is playing like a sick joke on us (laughs) i mean our son was an incredibly easy baby like incredibly Mm. easy and so my husband and i i'm an only child and i thought i didn't want kids um, and then I met my husband and I was like, all right, I'll have kids with you and just you, because like, I feel <laughs> like we have a different sort of connection. So we had our first, he was inc- an incredibly easy baby. And when he was nine months old, we were like, okay, let's, let's try again, expecting what? that it was going to take a while. I got him pregnant the first try, but, um, I had a miscarriage. And again, one of the topics where I feel like there's more conversations happening now, but when yeah. it happened to me, I was like absolutely clueless I was like digging through the internet to try and find find stories like mine trying to prepare myself um and coming short so you know it's yet another aspect of parenthood where I feel like we should be more honest well what but if you want to dig into that where where you would literally have the mic quite literally um and we're always here for it yeah my like I felt like all of the stories that I read were like I got pregnant I started bleeding then I wasn't pregnant anymore. Mm. And my story was I got pregnant. We went to an ultrasound. There was a heartbeat. Everything looked fine. I continued to be pregnant, I thought. And when I went for, I think it was like my 10 or 11 week ultrasound, they were like, oh, wait, the baby hasn't, like, doesn't have a heartbeat and also hasn't developed at all in the last four weeks. Um, but my body hadn't gotten like, the memo. Connected the dots. So. 
I then had to like make choices whether I wanted to take like the abortion pill and like figure it out at home or if I wanted to go and get surgery at DNC to have everything removed or just wait and risk getting an infection. So I was like, wait, I thought like a miscarriage looked like this like very organized timeline, you know, and you get to process and, you know, feel all the feelings. And now I was here having to choose how to deal with it, not mm. having all of the information on what meant for each. Um, I ended up having um, a DNC because I felt like, well, if I wait, I might get an infection. And then what does that mean? Like, I can't, I don't want to be in the hospital without my son. Um, I don't want to take the abortion pill because I didn't want to see it happening. I was struggling a lot coming to terms with the fact that the pregnancy was over and I just didn't want to witness it come mm -hmm. out of my body. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I got a DNC um, and it's a pretty straightforward surgery. Um, in fact, I wrote about it, um, but the recovery room was full of other women going through the same, whether it was circumstance or choice. Um, and it actually felt really empowering at that time to be in a room full of women going through the same thing because mm -hmm. it made me feel less alone that I had even the day before mm -hmm. getting ready for that surgery. I was like, it was a feeling of like, oh, this is more common and we're all in this together and we're all like, going through it and um it was weirdly empowering um it's so common and i you know what else is common is feeling alone yeah which is really um antithetical to our nature it's, yeah. it's not how the the female body is supposed to be nourished we're supposed to be close to each other right wasn't right. there a time when there would be the red tent and we would just all bleed together and chat right. and cry and scream and whatever yeah. else we would want to do and giggle and have some time off from our people <laughs> you know I, I it that feeling of loneliness I think sometimes when we feel so alone which you are absolutely combating with your, your life's work that feeling of loneliness is not as we said something that's wrong with us it's something that's wrong with society right right and I remember I posted about um, my miscarriage on, on my Instagram account. And then so many of my very close friends started texting me saying, oh, I went through the same thing a couple of months ago. And I'm like, excuse me, we talk about our periods. We talk about our husbands. We talk about our sex life. But you never told me that you went through the same thing. Why? why? Like, why are we holding that back? And why? It's, why did they hold it back? another event. Right. But why, why did they hold it back? I think there's a lot of... I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for them because I don't, you know, I don't know what they were internally dealing with, but I feel like there's mm. some sort of shame. Like I wasn't able to do this, um, I, you know, like even though I knew it wasn't my fault, it still felt like I did something wrong with all the information that I had and all like the stories that I have read. It's you know, we only hear the happy story. It goes back to that. We only hear the happy story. So when you don't have a happy story, it's like, oh, I'm the one that's failing instead of like, no, actually, this is really common and it's just part of the process. It really is part of the process. We had discussed this with a, um, a guest earlier on um, and, uh, <clears throat> and I said then and I'll say it again, like sometimes the body just needs to, to practice and also like right. eyeballs. 
legs, a soul, you know, like these right. are like huge undertakings that like you're making, like you're eating pizza and then nine months later, you're just like exiting a person out of your body. I mean, come on. <laughs> the yeah. idea that there, yeah. the, the idea that we have um, just, just like suckled on shame like it's some sort of nutritious you know thing that that yeah. it, it's not it's not this like shame spiral that like, we keep perpetuating in ourselves and in each other has got to end it's got yeah. to end and like I always say like having had three kids like I'm amazed at what the body can do it's like fascinating like you said the fact that you're growing nails and hair and a brain and eye, like wh what Wait, what and about like, the fact that you, oh, sorry, you, you grew two of those at the same other, time. Two at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I cut you off because I was just so impressed that you could do that twice in one go. Right. Um, it's like mind blowing when you like stop to think about it. And of course it can go wrong at times. Like you said, like the body might be practicing. It might like, I don't know. We need to like remove the shame from having a miscarriage. But anyway, after having the miscarriage and the DNC, I was like, okay, now I really want to have another kid. It was like, mm. it kind of like the fact that I lost that pregnancy, like amplified my feelings of like, I really want to do this again. Um, and it took a little while. Um, I was starting to get like anxious about like, what if now we can't have another kid? Like, what are our options? Um, and then of course the, I said to my husband, like, okay, the summer's coming, let's stop trying. I just want to enjoy the summer and like drink beers and be at the beach and like not have to think about when am I ovulating? We need to have sex today. We need to plan like, um, and of course that oh, month I got pregnant. <laughs> yep. Um, and I, because I had had the miscarriage, um, my doctor was like, come in immediately for an ultrasound just so we can make sure that everything is looking fine. And so I went in when I was five weeks pregnant, which is pretty early. Um, and there was silence in the ultrasound room. The technician kept poking around and I was like, here we go again. It's bad news again. Um, and then she's like, I need to call the doctor. And I was like, oh boy. And the doctor comes in and she's like, it's twins. And I was like, what? No. And my husband started laughing and I just went numb. Cause I was like, I, I can't, I can't do two babies at the same time one was hard like the newborn phase with my son was like something like i've never experienced before um i had postpartum anxiety i had to like figure out how to be a person like with another person attached to me all the time like it was such a learning curve and i was like wait now you want me to do it that with two at the same time wait like, I'm and like, have a yeah. toddler how old was your and son have a toddler yeah, and have a toddler. And their age difference is exactly two years. The girls were born two years and two days um, after my son. Um, so, like, having three under... We almost had three under three. Um, or did we? No, we had three under three. Yeah, we had three under three, which was insane. I, everything's a blur now. Um, you did that. You did that. We, yes, yes. Um, I deserve a gold medal for that. Um, you do deserve but, a gold medal. For, you deserve three gold medals at the very yes. least. <laughs> um, but I was not into being pregnant. Like the pregnancy was from the get go harder just because 
there were more like the, my hormones. I think it so my more son has a boy, and their twins are two girls, and I really felt a difference in how I was like I had constant morning sickness and like I would sleep all day and I was just a blob. I was like sweaty and stinky and pukey and really not enjoying it for and <laughs> for you a had while. A, and you had a kid who was about a year old on top yeah. of what was going on, on inside of, of you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it was cool, like cool. a heat wave in New York and like everything smelled like garbage to me. It was it was a low point. No, but everything does smell like garbage. That that's not that that's fine. <laughs> that is true. That's a fact. Yeah, that's actually that is an actual fact. Um, and it wasn't until I went in for my ultrasound at 20 weeks um, that there's I a big scan at the 20 week scan. I just want to tell the the listener right. just that there's a big 20 week scan where you just point out five fingers, five toes, two eyeballs, like all of this, just making sure that everything is going well because you you know that you can't see. Uh, that you know you, you you can't see any earlier than 20 weeks right. and I'm surprised right. with twins that you could see all the pieces and parts then oh, I mean, do they develop at the exact same rate as a singleton they do um and um I mean the tech had to do a lot of maneuvering because they were so tight and so like finding baby A's leg was like, oh, it's like under the other baby. So it took like wow. an hour and a half to the point where like by the end of it, I was getting nauseous from like lying down on my back for so long. Um, but it's like the first ultrasound where they, where they look like actual babies and less mm. like Duh. blobs, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so seeing two baby shapes was when I was like, okay, maybe we can do this. Maybe we'll be all right. Like wow. I started connecting with them. I had the easiest, um, twin pregnancy because my, my twins were die die, which means they were, have separate placent placentas and separate sacs. So they're completely in like, it's like having roommates in, in separate rooms. Like they share the apartment, but they each have their own room. So they didn't have to like fight for resources, like other twins who share a placenta do. And there's other risks with that. Um, mine were completely separated. So it was as if I had two singletons just at the same time. Um, wow. So that made it, even though I was considered high risk because it was two babies, it was a pretty standard pregnancy in terms of what to expect. It was I Standard for them, not standard for you. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They were was, doing great and you were puking all the time. Correct. Yes. Well, I'm gl I, I am I, actually glad for them. I genuinely am. Just for the record, I love babies. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> and like I by I think it was like 23 weeks or 24 weeks. Um, I had to start sleeping with like a ramp, like basically sitting up because mm. I was so big that if I were to lie down, I couldn't breathe because of mm. the amount of weight that I was carrying. Uh, so I spent the last 12 weeks of my pregnancy sitting in bed but basically three months of your life three months of my life not were able to like sleep horizontally were they full term yeah they were born at 38 weeks and a half wow. um yeah my ob said that she would have let me go until 39 weeks max because i had had a c-section with my son so you know two babies means that you your belly is significantly bigger um so she was afraid of my seat my scar opening up so she said 39 is the cutoff um 
but she didn't do surgeries on Friday. She only did <laughs> surgeries on Mondays, I think, or something like that. And so it was 38 and a half. And, and she didn't think that I was going to make it. Like, it was a Monday and she was like, should we move it to the Friday before? Like, should we, like, should we push it just in case? And like I said, my kids are two years and two days apart. <gasps> and I was like, no. No, February 27 is my son's birthday. I'm not having three kids with the same birthday. Like right. the twins already are going to have so many issues with identity because they're ident identical. They can't share a birthday with my son also. And that year was a leap year. And I was like, they cannot be born on February 29th. I can't have twins on a leap year. Like it's just too much. So those, like that last weekend, I literally did not move. I was just like... I'm not even going to tempt fate by like getting up to pee. I'm just going to like stay still until we go to the hospital. What did you do for your son's second birthday? Uh, he was sick. And oh. we think now that it might have been COVID because oh, back no. then we didn't like we, COVID, we were already talking about COVID, but like there wasn't, we weren't testing. Like we didn't have all the information. He woke up with like double pink eye and like a fever and like a cold, like out of the blue that then resolved very quickly shortly after. I remember being like, you can't get sick. I'm going to the hospital to have babies in three yeah. days. Like, don't do this to me. Yeah. So we didn't do anything. He had like cake and balloons. Oh, great. Perfect. You know, I'm 10 yeah. years and two days younger than my older brother. And that's because my mother also, you know, had three C-sections. And she was like, I cannot have right. this child be born on Eric's birthday. Like, Right. By the way, I you know, for the past 37 years, it's always been a thing. Like, he always needs his own birthday celebration and then mine. And, like, I get it. I totally get it. But she was like, you had to wait. <laughs> like, yeah. you just yeah. either had to come early or you just had to, like, give him yeah. at least a day or two. So I, you know, with C-sections, this is the good news about C-sections you can sort of fudge it here and there. Yeah. So yeah. you you missed, you just missed the COVID wave as you were having your twins? Or yes. Did, oh my God. No, so uh, we went in, my husband was with me all the time. We, uh, my doula was with me all, like the whole time. My parents were able to come into the hospital to meet the girls. Um, our nanny brought our son to meet them at the hospital because we wanted him to come instead of just us showing up with two babies and being like here they are like your new roommates um so we were able to do all of that and i remember being in the hospital and the pediatrician the hospital pediatrician came to like check on the girls to see how they were doing or whatever and we were watching the news and they were talking about covid and he like looked up and he was like well ah, they're exaggerating it's not going to be as bad as they say and you know, that day we got discharged and a couple of days later, the whole world shut down. And I wow. still have that doctor's face in my head because I was like, he was so confident. He, he, he was like, not a problem. And then, wow. you know, here we are two years later. <laughs> I mean, what a reminder that doctors are just people, you know? Yeah. They're just people. For real. Yeah. And we were in New York um, at the time and now we live in Maine. And mm. that happened because... Uh, you know, everything shut down. Our nanny was like, I can't, I can't come. Obviously, um, right. we had a night doula um, for like, I think we had booked her for like six nights so I could recover from the C-section because I lost a ton of blood. I was anemic. I could hardly stand up. So we were like, okay, we need extra hands. She was like, I can't come either. Um, and then my husband was like, 
should we leave New York? Like, this is starting to get scary. But I still hadn't had my um, two-week post-surgery checkup with my OB. And then so you was would like, okay, normally you have a six-week checkup. Right. You have like, So she wanted to see me at two weeks and at six weeks, um, which I'm thankful for because a lot of people just get seen at six weeks, which is just outrageous, especially if you had a C-section. Like, I, yeah. you know, major surgery. Like, just make sure that everything is okay. <laughs> everything was put um, back. Like, just, if, right. you know. Right. Um, yeah. So I went in for my two-week appointment, and she, like, in front of a room full of pregnant people was like, you lucked out because now we're not letting anyone come into the OR for C-sections or births or whatever. And she was like, and also I'm not going to be seeing you for your six week um, post-op appointment. Everything looks fine. Um, I'll see you in like six to eight months. Um, And so I came back home and I told my husband that and he was like, we're leaving. Uh, And his family is from Maine, um, and they used to when he was a when he was a little boy. He they used to live in a pretty remote remote um, farm in the middle of nowhere, um, which the family still owns. So we packed our two week old twins and our two year old oh and our two dogs and <gasps> drove through the night from New York to Maine. We got there at three in the morning, um, and we are still here. Wow. <laughs> so. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I am going <laughs> to honor Laura's deep curiosity about twins now. I'm just going to go for yep. it because <laughs> how do you tend to two people at the same time? Did you, did you breastfeed both? Was that, so is that possible? To, it's possible. It's possible. I attempted to, one of them was a really good breastfeeder. The other one was terrible. Um, and so when we had m- more hands to help, with our son, um, they were exclusively breastfed. Um, then we moved, and it was two on three. Uh, we were completely outnumbered and just impossible. And you so, were working. Uh, were were you work? You were on maternity leave, but was your? We were both on leave. We were both. Oh, on leave. yeah, yeah. I know that Crazy. really helped. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, and so my good. husband actually had a better leave than mine, so he was out for six months, which oh. really helped with me going back to work. I'm so glad. Um, but, um, yeah, when we had to optimize time, so I started pumping. And I Great. was like, all right, I can pump and, like, feed a ba- bottle feed a baby while my husband is bottle feeding the other one. But really, <laughs> how, how you tend to twins is you have to put everyone in a schedule and do everything at the same time. Like, if one of them woke up in the middle of the night to feed, we would wake up the other one. Uh, if <gasps> we had to change one, we would change the other one. Like, we, like, whatever we did with one, we did with the other. So they were in sync with their needs. And and how does that look now that they're nearly two? They're two, yeah. Uh, or they are two already. Oh my gosh, they're the same age that your son was when they were born. I know, I know. and I wow. can't process that. That to me is like it's a hard to process. Mind trip. I'm like, where, where did time go? How is it that they are the same age? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of the same. Like for nap time, they go down at the same time. For sleep time, they go down at the same time. Um, we actually talked to a sleep. Um, scientist recently because one of the twins is kicking our butts she is growing and teething and like having struggles with like sleep at night and she was like oh it's very easy just put her down an hour later than her sister and we're like no no we like we can't do that if we go in after the other one's asleep she's gonna wake up and then it's gonna just be a snowball of disaster 
So we keep them on the same schedule. Um, the only thing that we don't, that we do differently, I guess, is they're now going to like a Montessori school and they go on alternate days. So one oh, goes cool. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the other one goes uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So they can have independent time, just yeah. like making friends by themselves and also we get to know them as an individual instead of like as the twins right like I their personalities that. are completely different <laughs> and just being able to have that time one-on-one is how we discovered it and how does your son factor in when it comes to like special time and still getting to know him he's still so little I mean, he's a champ. Uh, the, the amount of change <laughs> that he went through in such a little time, like he, you know, lost his, you know, we stopped working with his nanny, who, which was to us like a third grandmother. I like, oh, I yeah. miss her dearly. Uh, and if I could have, I would have moved her to Maine with us, but she had her whole family in New York. And she was like, no, thank you. But like, she was part of our family. So we like, he lost her. And then two babies came into his world. And then we left New York and moved to a farm. Like he was a city kid through and through. He's like, what is grass? Um, and then started going to school. And he was so good through all of that. Um, wow. And we now, like, we actually make a point of having one-on-one time with him. We like sign him up for sports not because we necessarily want him to be like a sporty kid but because it's an excuse for my husband and i to like go skiing with him and have you know time alone and and, you know do other things that don't involve his sisters yeah yeah it's a juggle i mean it's a juggle for us and we only have two it's kind of amazing (laughs) to hear like you know i i think like you know there's like this idea of american parenting where like you know everyone's a snowflake and everyone's so special and 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 on some level i'm i'm by i buy into it and on another level i'm like you know they just get on with it you know like if their diaper didn't need to get changed and it got changed an extra time like they're okay if they had to move to like a new town and a new school and you know like they have a lot of um adaptation energy like they are they're okay they're gonna be okay they don't need to be sort of like coddled in this way um i'm reminded of that when i think of twins because i'm like you know you can't you can't you you can't you know go too deep into the did you get enough time and did you you just like you have to trust that they are fully fledged human beings i mean you tell me you tell me i don't know no, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, I'm from Argentina, and we moved around a lot because of my dad's job. I lived in, like, three or four different countries, and my husband always lived in the same house uh, his entire life. And when, you know, we still have, like, conversations where I'm like, I can't be in the same place. Like, I can't be, like, I need to move. And he's like, but what about our kids? And I'm like, what about them? They'll just adapt, just like I did. Yeah. And he's like, but you were just one. And I'm like, but it, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. You clearly married me. Like, I am well adapted. Like, they're going to be fine. Um, and I think, like, I agree. And also, like you say, like, we've had to been less precious with the twins like we were incredibly precious with our son everything was a thing he was our first but with the twins we're kind of like 
you know what, figure it out. Like, right. <laughs> here's a toy. We can't stay for three hours and like play with you because we need to cook, we need to clean, we need to like, we need to do all those things. Play with your brother, play with your sister, like figure it out yeah. on your own. And, you know, I think that that fed into things like the twins started walking before my son did, you know, like his, he started walking, I think at like a year and two months or three months. And one of the twins started walking at 11 months because yeah. she needed had to. to be more. Yeah, she needed to, right. she needed to get that <laughs> toy. She needed to right. do that thing. And like, no one was going to like do it for her. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and, but there's also things like, you know, and I've, 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 for a while, I thought it was just our twins that are like whinier than what our, what our son was at this age. But after talking to many other twin moms, because also when you find a twin mom out in the wild, you just like, you bond to like in a different level. It's, you know, when you find a mom, you're like, oh, we have things to talk about. When you find a twin mom, you're like, oh, you get me. Yeah. Like no one else understands. Yeah. So I've talked to many other twin moms and, you know, there is that thing where you, you know, at this age, I can't hold both of them. They're like so heavy. They're like f full on toddlers. But if I pick one up, the other one's like heartbroken. And if I switch, then the other one's crying. And there's like a lot of whining and screaming that, you know, it's, it's hard to deal with. Um, but we can't, again, goes back to the thing. Like we can't do everything for both because it's two little people of the same age with similar needs that, you know, when you're outnumbered, you just have to push through. <laughs> yeah. And I think like it does require a sort of like increased tolerance for that experience where you're like, I can't meet all of your needs. And it's true for the singleton also. It's, it's absolutely yeah. true. It's true for every relationship in life. I cannot meet all your needs. That is the actual truth. But with a, yeah. you know, with a twin experience, you're just met with it, you know, more often than not. Like what a, yeah. you know, what a beautiful, brutal, loud message. Yeah. And I, I, I think that having had a singleton before the twins, even though it makes things more complicated now, because like you said, everyone needs our attention. Um, having had the experience of having a child before having the twins prepared me to at least know what to expect from newborns. I know parents who had twins the first time around and they're still completely and absolutely traumatized and like still uh... processing everything they went through because, you know, if having your first kid is this like life-changing moment in a way that you don't really know how it is until you go through it. Yeah. Doing it with twins is just like. <laughs> Wait, don't you need help? Like, don't you just like actually need to invest in yeah. like a, oh, a, absolutely. A, um, absolutely. a doula or a baby nurse? I mean, that's, that's a hard yeah. pill to swallow because some people genuinely cannot afford that. You know, yeah. maybe they have family, but like overnight, I mean, yeah overnight yeah. i mean i always like people always ask me like what are your favorite product for twins and i'm like mm, sh sure there are things that you're gonna need two of and there are like things like double strollers are incredibly helpful but you know i feel like postpartum you don't really need more than just extra hands and like it can be by paying someone to come help you by having a friend come and hold a baby while you can like go take a shower by having family move in and help you do laundry and feed you. And like, I, 
you just need to invest whichever way you can into having more bodies at home, especially postpartum. And then as they get older, sure, there's like things you can buy or get or whatever. But like that was, I think, my biggest learning when the twins were born, especially because we lost all the help that we had prepped for yeah. because of COVID. And I was like, oh, yes, everyone was right. Help is what you need most of, not bottles or burp clothes or like cute onesies. Like sh- that's pointless. If you they're fine naked, actually. They're, I mean, as long as they're wearing a oh, diaper, they're totally. okay in like a well-heated home. You know, like yeah. what they need are you know bodies to lay on and love and you know eye contact, <laughs> and <laughs> and you. So we're we're nearing the end of our time, and I could. I, I could pick your brain forever. Actually, Laura's popping on because you know how she needs to talk about the twin situation. Laura might be twin obsessed because her husband has twins in his family and maybe she's like like ever so slightly petrified that that gene will just like manifest inside her womb. Um, so like whatever you can do to assuage her anxiety or, or not or just tell it to her straight like you do, that would be great. I mean, I was I was petrified of twins. Um, you know, like I said, I was in complete like denial that this was happening, and it is one of the hardest but like most magical things that I've experienced in life. Like being able to see two humans that I grew inside of me be completely different to each other and like be their own selves is like absolutely mind blowing. And also seeing like their relationship is just having like you know front row seats to that is a true gift it is so hard (laughs) and so expensive um i am a true believer that you don't need two of everything you need two of the basics like short two cribs short two car seats short two like high chairs everything else i'm like share it figure it out we don't have like a closet for one and a closet for another one i just buy clothes in their size and you know, whoever wants to wear like the rainbow shirt gets to wear it. And then the next day it's the other one. Like I just try, especially at this age to be as frugal as possible. I, you know, in the twin mom community, there's a lot of hand-me-downs. I've gotten like ginormous bags of clothes because again, there's no one like a twin mom to understand the amount of stuff that you need. And so it cycles through the groups, um, a lot which i am incredibly grateful for um and you know we made the decision to send the girls part-time to school because we wanted to get to know them more also my husband is now a stay-at-home dad um he got laid off because of the pandemic and we figured look you know we can't afford to send them all full-time to school and also you know the time that we get now is so special and we're not gonna be able to get it when they're older, I get to work from home, so let's just do this. So we kind of planned around that. And you know, he wants to go back to work when their kid when their kids are all in school full time. Um, and that was the sort of balance that we did with like our our financials. Like if we had to send everyone to school full time, uh, it would be a lot. And you know, it's interesting because at our kids' school there are eight sets of twins no eight sets of twins in school yes <laughs> why um, how what's going on here uh so they go to a montessori school and apparently montessori is very like maria montessori started um developing this type of learning geared towards twins i think and maybe i'm completely butchering this but that's what i read uh and 
so a lot of different families are drawn to Montessori uh, wow. learning. Um, and it's fascinating to see, like, the girls have, I think, three sets of twins in their classes. And they're separated, like, in their different classes. And that's part of the Montessori experience. They separate them from the get-go so they can be individuals. Um, I'm going to tell the listener what the Montessori method is a little bit about. My kids also go to um, a Montessori school. And a lot of the <clears throat> ethos of the um, education is helping. And so, like, practical life is very, very, very important and fundamental. So they learn how to cut vegetables. They learn how to sweep. They learn how to shine shoes, which is indicative of when this method was <laughs> sort of developed. But it also helps with fine motor skills. Um, Self-care is very, very, very much valued. And so it does offer the parents, if reinforced at home, some relief, which I can see, right. I can see right. why a twin you know, family would really yeah. benefit from that experience. Yeah, like I am, my mind is blown because the twins are always asking to wash their hands after dinner. Um, and our son at this age, like we would wash his hands if he got dirty, but he wouldn't like ask for it. And like after every meal, the girls are like, wash hands. And it's what you say, like self-care and independence and, and just you can right. see, I can see the difference already. They also, so in, in the Montessori method, they also really advocate for independent play, except they don't call it play, they call it work because, you know, yeah. uh, play is the work of the child, says Maria Montessori. And um, and that's really helpful for a parent because if they, if they can enjoy their own company, if they can enjoy their own flow and attention, then they can leave us the loan. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they can be into, <laughs> only a little bit for like five minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time. But really, if they can really dig deep into their experience, then we do get a, a, a break. And they also get a deep, meaningful um, education and like a, a knowledge of self, I think. Right. I'm big right. into it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So I'm glad um, it's working out for you, too. Yeah. No, we love it. <laughs> on, on a personal note, Laura Lucchetti <laughs> says thank you. Cons, you are really wonderful as a person and as an advocate for uh, the varied life experience of uh, parents and caregivers. And I'm just so grateful for your work and for coming on today. I'm wondering where people can find you and get more of you and maybe, you know, um, I, I want to know more about your IUD story. Um, yes. I know you wrote about that, so I'll just leave that there for you, audience, <laughs> to find out. So so um, give us your details, would you? Yeah. I mean, I joke that I have no filter, so you can uh, follow all of my TMI. Um, I am at cons everywhere, C-O-N-Z, on Twitter, Instagram. Um, and again, I have no filter, so if you're interested in what real life as a parent of three is, you can, you can, get, a, you can get a glimpse. And uh, where can we find some of your um, your writing and your editing work? Um, if you go to insider.com slash parenting, um, all of those stories were touched by me. And then if you Google mm. Cons Freddy Insider, you'll, you'll find all of my, again, TMI stories. There's also another one about how I breastfed my husband. So I'm just, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to just <laughs> see you on the interwebs is what I'm going to do. Thank you so much. I got to go uh, read that article. Bye. Bye.